I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. N-F-T. Three letters that have taken over our headlines. Christie's auction for digital artist Beeple, uh, whose real name is uh, Mike Winkleman, uh, coming to a close a few moments ago. Uh, the final bid, David? $69 million. Oh, my gosh. Uh, as of six months ago, what? Beeple had yet to sell any work. I know this NFT thing is long-term. I think a lot of the projects, to your point, are short-term and there'll be money lost. Much like internet stocks in 99, 2000, I think we get greed and short-term and, and quick buck mentality, unfortunately, you know, gold rush. But the macro NFT thing is real and so I decided to stand up my own project. Can you explain what an NFT is? Well, a non-fungible token. Non-fungible. Yes. Okay. Which is basically a digital contract that's on the blockchain. So you can basically have sell anything from art to music to experiences, physical objects. I'm not going to jump into the NFT world. I know the Beeple is an artist. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so awesome. And he had like uh, maybe like 300 pictures in one digital picture. I thought that was interesting. And I go, well, I can never do that. You could try something, maybe like sell one of your jokes or something. I couldn't even do that to my audience tonight. Are you kidding me? We were having lunch at a noisy restaurant a few weeks ago, and my son started explaining NFTs to my daughter. Here's what he had to say. Alright, proceed. NFT is something that you can buy on the internet. It's basically just a picture that's worth a ton of cash. It can also be a meme template or whatever. Anyway, and so Christine, so and Christine, mom buys these NFTs and she bought the new in it. And there are a ton of apes that you can buy, like a black mutant ape, there's a normal ape, there's like a vacation ape, a cookie ape, anything. So far on the podcast, we've explored the meaning of the metaverse, including its infrastructure and culture, as well as the impact the innovations of Web 3.0 are having on brands. But you can't understand the metaverse without understanding its currency and the means of value exchange. Enter NFTs or as Elizabeth Strickler from Georgia State University says in her recent TEDx talk, the three letters that are changing digital experiences forever. This new automated tool that allows for guaranteed proof of origination and ownership of music, videos, images, and even text is called an NFT. When the American artist known as Beeple sold a digital artwork at Christie's for over $60 million, it became the most expensive NFT ever sold at auction. It was a metaverse moment that crystallized the hype and frenzy surrounding this new form of digital media. 
So what exactly is an NFT? And why are they so important? Get ready to go into the land of digital ownership. I'm Kathy Hackle, and I'll be your teacher and guide as we explore the metaverse together on Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast. This is episode six, simply titled NFTs. Now what the hell's an NFT? Apparently cryptocurrency. Everyone's making so much money. Can you please explain what's an NFT? I said, what the hell's an NFT? It's like real life monopoly. Everyone is doing it like Gronkowski. Can you please help me make an NFT? NFT stands for non-fungible token. And it's essentially a unique and non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a digital ledger, such as the blockchain. A fungible asset is something that equals one to one. So if I have a dollar and you have a dollar, no matter where we are in the world, we can exchange that dollar and it will have the same value. That's not what happens with non-fungible tokens. NFTs, on the other hand, are not interchangeable since each of them represents a link to a piece of digital media, whether that's art, text, videos, or even bits of code. An easy way to explain it is if you had a virtual Babe Ruth collector's card, and I had another digital Babe Ruth collector's card. They might be from different years, and they might be worth different amounts. They are non-fungible tokens. NFTs are typically released in drops, where a limited number of digital media are made available on an NFT marketplace for purchase. If the artist or creator has done a good job promoting their drop, the available items will be sold in minutes, and then resold again and again on the secondary market for even more than their original value. Does this sound familiar? Drops became popularized in the 2010s by companies like Supreme, who manufactured hype or desire for seemingly simple products like t-shirts. In this case, NFTs are virtual drops. According to Google Trend, interest in NFTs started to spike at the end of 2020 and into 2021, coinciding with the rise of the pandemic but experts were already thinking about NFTs much earlier than that. My understanding of NFTs really dates back to 2005. That's Scott Belsky, Adobe's chief product officer and the co-creator of Behance, the social media platform for visual artists to share and display their work. As Belsky explains, blockchain made it possible for digital artists to mint their work assign value, and have others recognize that value in a way never before possible. Frankly, when I was first building Behance and realizing how many amazing digital artists were only doing commercial work because there was no avenue for them to sell their work as fine art. Everyone saw it as instantly right-clickable and had no scarcity or provenance to it. There was no cultural flex, if you will, by buying a piece of digital art from some of the most amazing and most talented people in the world that I saw using Behance on a daily basis. And so their careers were at the mercy of circumstance and, and oftentimes you know, they weren't able to command that premium that an artist would normally be able to realize in his or her work. Fast forward, the advent of blockchain, the advent of this sort of a shared indisputable ledger of who owns what really unleashed this opportunity for this art to be actually minted as a scarce object with provenance. In addition to empowering artists to sell their work, 
NFTs give art lovers and collectors the ability to own new kinds of art that are truly a reflection of the hyper-digital world we live in, as Arikan Obochichikudo explains. So if you're playing a game and you're getting a crypto asset, be it an NFT, a token of some sort, you're getting a piece of ownership of something. And that means you can play games, you can be playful and still build your ownership portfolio. You could build your wealth portfolio. You could build your asset portfolio. So this is how finance and money and entertainment are actually coming together. Eric Khan is the founder and managing partner of Audacity, a crypto VC fund investing in Black and African-led startups. Also, earlier this year, Krista Kim, a contemporary artist and the founder of Techism, sold the first NFT digital house called Mars House for over $500,000. Krista's at the forefront of the convergence of art and NFTs. The Mars House is the first NFT metaverse home that was sold in the world last March. And I think that really captivated the world's attention because people realized that there is this possibility of actually purchasing uh, luxury assets that are NFTs that are meant to be experienced and lived in and appreciated in the metaverse as a lifestyle. So I created the Mars House last year during the height of the COVID crisis, and I minted it in March. And I think that was pretty much the first major metaverse project that that I created. The metaverse is really a blank canvas. It's the new frontier of human civilization and we need pioneers and we need builders, architects, creatives to build the metaverse, to not only build the structures, the architectural places and locations in the metaverse where we will congregate and that we will own but also the, you know, the art and the assets that we will purchase and populate our metaverse experiences with and enrich our lives. In addition to building wealth, NFTs and digital ownership are becoming a part of people's online identities. People purchase NFTs to be part of a community or to carry digital clout, much the same way we wear brands in the real world, because we're attracted to the lifestyle or legacy they signify. And for anyone with kids under the age of 12, you know how important your children's digital identities can be. From my teenage, I noted that he spends more money on clothing for his avatar than he does for his physical self. And and I guess I shouldn't be surprised on that because he spends most of his time with his friends outside of school on digital platforms. So his digital identity is very much a representation of who he is and how he interacts with his friends. Digital currencies inside games like Roblox and Fortnite may have trained audiences to spend money on things that don't exist physically. But what's the difference between a digital skin you buy in a game and an NFT? In other words, what does an NFT actually do? Beyond being a cool and off-the-moment asset to own, NFTs also serve the purpose of carrying information from one online ecosystem to another in an effort to achieve interoperability. That North Star we keep referring to where ecosystems and environments can interact and interpret data across time and space. With the emergence of blockchain and with the emergence of ownership of digital-only assets via NFTs, the, the users can buy one NFT and then start utilizing that NFT in multiple different ecosystems. You know, So there's only one metaverse, but there's multiple different ecosystems within that metaverse itself. That's Carrie Murphy, the founder of The Fabricant, 
a digital-only fashion house. When when a buyer buys our garments on our platform, we want them to be able to use it in all of their places where where they really hang out the most of the time, like social media, on on Discord channels, on my favorite game that's soon to come, Star Atlas, on Fortnite. So it's it's really this this term interoperability and utility. Those are the two keywords that we use. That's something that we need to enable for for the metaverse to start taking shape, and then really go towards the decentralization. So what do NFTs have to do with the metaverse? As Dirk Luth explains, the metaverse gives context to NFTs. I think what is really important is when you think about the metaverse, especially of NFTs, right? When you see there's a lot of NFTs in the market now, but you know usually they're getting dropped somewhere. But the big advantage is of a metaverse, you give utility to uh, NFTs because today when you have bought an NFT, it sits in your wallet. What are you going to do with it? Or it's kept, you know, selling or buying or whatever, right? So in a metaverse, you have the big advantage. You know, we give it a place, we give it context, right? Where you want to use it, you have maybe some social interactions around it. Dirk is part of the team at Upland, one of the fastest growing games on the blockchain. The company started selling virtual real estate. Yes, you heard that right. Real estate that only exists in a virtual space. Upland's mantra is rebuild the world. And on the company's platform, players called Uplanders can not only buy virtual properties and other digital goods, but also join a highly engaged community. Additionally, Upland users can trade their own digital goods with other players and even sell them for U.S. dollars. When it comes to NFT marketplaces and galleries, interactions of players are limited to buying and selling of digital assets. But Upland is slowly moving from being just a virtual real estate game on the blockchain to a thriving metaverse economy with a highly engaged gaming ecosystem and community. Michael Wagner is someone who is also trying to give context to NFTs. He's the co-founder and CEO of Star Atlas, a space-themed grand strategy video game built on the Solana blockchain. He explains how he launched a series of strategic NFTs to promote the game he's creating. We started with our rebirth campaign back in April. Um, This was a 14-week campaign that ran from April 24th through July 24th. And what what we facilitated there was the launch of our NFT marketplace. And the initiation was a set of digital art collectibles that we call multimedia meta posters. Now Rebirth Genesis of a Metaverse, as I said, was executed over 14 weeks. And each week we launched a new poster. All of the art was created by our in-house creative team, our concept artists, and was enhanced by augmented reality, as well as audio soundscapes. And we had some amazing collaborations Uh, with the soundscapes, including artists like Bassjackers, like Blondish. Uh, Jason Silva, who's a well-known futurist, produced a couple of voiceovers for a few of the posters, as well as Dead Mouse on the final poster. And the idea was that we not only enable the players to start to engage with us, start to feel a sense of the immersion of what entering into the metaverse. Of course, it was a revenue event for us as well, but we started to unveil the lore of the game, kind of the background and the history of how we got to, you know, present day in Star Atlas. And it was a fantastic campaign, successful through a variety of metrics, but we saw great sales, but we also saw our community grow pretty substantially. And these posters created a great opportunity for people to share them on various social media outlets because of the augmented reality component where it felt almost like you were flying through the poster or navigating through the poster. So that was really the inception. 
Now that we know a little more about the utility of NFTs, we can ask how does an NFT get its value in the first place? For that, I turn to industry game veteran Kelly Vero. She's working with IEEE to build standards around NFTs and digital ownership. I created four very key areas about how a digital object should be accessed and how it should be created. So if you're creating an NFT, you should be looking at the four things that that NFT can provide you with. And that's mainly just dimension, quality and value, onward investment, all of that stuff, especially in the luxury industry that's involved in provenance and protection and privacy and then all of that cool stuff like DRM and law, smart contracts, all of the stuff that's associated with the transfer of uh, properties in the digital space. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Just as Web 2.0 ushered in entirely new business models, so will Web 3.0. Think about how the social web made it possible for the sharing economy and the rise of startups like Uber and Airbnb, for example. The metaverse is also paving the way for new economic structures and asset classes. This became very clear when a virtual Gucci handbag sold for more than $4,000 on Roblox, exceeding the price tag of the physical bag in the physical world. While it wasn't an NFT, it gave us a glimpse into the future of digital ownership. If you consider the last uh, 18 months and the acceleration that COVID has um, brought upon the world in terms of, of digital first prioritization, th this is kind of the attitude that we adopt when we think about the digital landscape. So as we consider opportunities that emerge as the digital landscape evolves. That's Robert Trefus the Executive Vice President of Brand and Customer Engagement at Gucci. I got to ask him about the future of physical products as we head into Web 3.0. I think that they are going to complement each other again. I, I think that it isn't either or. I think it's going to be both intersecting on occasions, running parallel on occasions, inspiring each other on occasions. And I think that what is exciting at this time is that we are beginning to see how the gaming world can influence fashion and vice versa. So I think you're going to progressively see 
more and more expressions of fashion in the digital landscape. I mean, NFTs are obviously, as you say, a little bit the rage at the moment, but I think that there are many other manifestations. I think we're one of the first brands, and Alessandro was one of the first brands to offer an NFT, but the items that were available in Roblox, the a way that we participated in Sims. These are all examples of how the digital product and the collectible can create excitement in the virtual world. And that excitement obviously translates into desire and ultimately demand. We'll hear more about what Gucci's doing in the space in a later episode. It's important to note how NFTs are broadening the idea of ownership altogether and in some ways creating a new asset class of sorts and even microeconomies. In an earlier episode, we introduced you to Jenkins the Valet. Jenkins is important for understanding this mutual exchange that happens between creators and consumers when it comes to NFTs. Jenkins the Valet is a non-fungible token. And honestly, when I explain Jenkins the Valet to people who are completely outside of the space, I often don't lead with the fact that Jenkins is an NFT. I talk about characters. If I'm trying to compare Jenkins to, you know, a character that is like way bigger, I might talk about like Rick and Morty or something like a cartoon character that exists that has a voice in its own content, but also sort of culturally as well. And so I focus a lot on like the sort of the benefit that Jenkins brings the community at large. But it, it's impossible to talk about Jenkins without, you know, eventually getting into the fact that Jenkins is a non-fungible token and how important that is. As we explained in earlier episodes, Jenkins the Valet is a member of the Bored Ape Yacht Club, a collection of 10,000 computer-generated images of cartoon apes sold as NFTs by Yuga Labs. Owners of the apes become members of an online club and they'll often use their apes as profile pictures across social media. I happen to be a mutant ape and part of the Board Ape Yacht Club. As an NFT, Jenkins has gone on to have a life of his own. I think the key here is just another way to talk about the importance of the blockchain, which is that there is a public database where you can verify the ownership of something that is more than just like a digital token. In this case, you can verify the ownership of a piece of art that is the underpinning of this whole character that we've built. And so I think what's so interesting about that is that when we produce content and we create this character, we can point and say, hey, look, this character exists in this entire ecosystem. There are all these other people who own avatars or characters that exist around it. And if there's any question about like who Jenkins the Valet is, you can look at a wallet address that is owned by me and our company and say Jenkins belongs to them. So it almost gives you this ability to like expand identity from just like who I am as a human into like, I'm also this JPEG and 3D rendering and everything else like of this valet ape. And I think that that, that really is the power of like what an NFT does. It didn't take long for brands to hop on the NFT bandwagon. Companies including Coca-Cola, Taco Bell, Campbell's, Elf, Procter & Gamble, and more are some of the brands that introduced NFTs with varying degrees of success. So what do brands need to understand about creating NFTs? 
Well, for one, it's not so much about the object itself, although the art does matter. But as with everything in the metaverse, it's about the community. The lines are really blurred between fans and creators and community and all of that. And so I think what brands need to understand when they enter the NFT space or the metaverse at large is that when you interact with a player who's already in the space, you're not just talking to like that player, you're talking to that player and their whole community. And so there's something cool about that for a brand that's interested because there's a set of like really excited people who are behind creators in the space. But there's also a big burden there that you have to enter the space authentically and you have to do what's best for the community because that's what creators in the space are already doing. And I've yet to meet a creator who would be willing to do something that would be sort of have, have an adverse effect on their community because it would serve a brand. And so I think that it, there's a bit of like a flipping that happens there where the community comes first and then brand opportunities come rather than brands leading the way. And so I think if a brand is willing to participate and join the community and serve as a member in the community, the possibilities are endless. Alice Delahunt echoes Jenkins' sentiments surrounding the importance of community. She's the Chief Digital Officer and Chief Content Officer at Ralph Lauren. I believe one of the most exciting parts of NFTs is the communities that are being built around it. Whether it's the group of people who are wearing direct to their avatar, Ralph Lauren on their Bitmoji or Ralph Lauren on their Sepeto and are communing in the space and a world that a brand has built for them to interact in. You know, NFTs, I believe, are truly about community building and inviting owners to participate and shape the economy. And I think I look at things like Board A Piot Club and what they are doing in terms of new content and services and the extension of what that means in terms of benefits of being in a membership of a club. And it's incredibly exciting because it's not just about a single transaction. It represents, again, a new paradigm for brands to think about through audience engagement and invites them to bring and invites them to invest in the long term of the community. So when I consider NFTs, I really get excited about the communities that are being built out around them. I recently worked with Clinique to co-develop the strategy for their first NFT, aptly named Meta Optimist. Our focus was on community and utility. Clinique was the first brand of the Estee Lauder companies to launch an NFT. Meta Optimist gave the brand's community a chance to submit their stories of optimism. Three lucky loyalty members will be selected to be granted the Meta Optimist NFT, which also unlocks 10 years of makeup and early access to viral and sold out products like Clinique's Black Honey Lipstick, which is completely sold out across the globe. The brand's ambassadors, Amelia Clark, yes, from Game of Thrones fame, and Melissa Barrera will announce the winners. When I worked on this strategy with Clinique, we wanted to empower Clinique's loyal fans to be able to use their content as a gateway into the metaverse and to focus on the utility of the NFT, engaging the community and creating value both virtually and physically. And it's not just brands. Athletes are launching their own NFTs too. Players are, these athletes are seeing NFTs and the metaverse, but NFTs for sure is a way to connect more directly and more intimately with their fans than ever. So for example, both of those assets allow 
a limited number of people because the assets are limited in nature, access to a direct chat, a Discord channel with these athletes. And some of these athletes are flying certain fans in to see basketball games or sporting matches and doing meet and greets and things like that. And it's a really interesting way to build out the most loyal fan base that you've ever had that are truly yours and provide benefits to them. Again, NFTs are not just about the asset itself, but a kind of membership into an online club of sorts. As Jamie Burke says of the people who purchase NFTs. But really, they kind of gone beyond that and they'd understood that by owning either of these things, the physical or the digital, it became a kind of membership into the franchise. Effectively, by owning those, you, you would be entitled to front row seats at their fashion shows. You would have access to all areas to the design teams, the after show parties. You know, you would be integrated into their VIP network. So. They totally got NFTs as a form of access and a kind of a atomized form of status belonging in a community. For brands that are already established, this means that NFTs unlock new opportunities to engage their audiences as well as new revenue streams. So there's really this sort of blue ocean revenue opportunity open and available to brands who want to get in front of this audience by selling clothing that is virtual. I wouldn't say you can make unlimited revenue because a lot of the brands that we're talking to obviously need to limit inventory or make it exclusive because that's part of the brand strategy. That's Lauren Kunzi. She's the CEO of Pandora Bots and one of the creators of Kuki, one of the world's most advanced conversational AIs. But it's certainly very interesting to see that there is a vibrant community that's ready to purchase these digital assets and wear them or use them on digital channels. So I think that space is going to be huge and a lot of people are starting to recognize it's not just the future of fashion. In our next episode, we're going to sashay down the virtual catwalk and focus on one of my favorite topics fashion. From virtual sneakers to AR dresses, we will hear from some of the top brands in fashion like Gucci, and from visionaries like Lodomia Pucci from Emilio Pucci Heritage. We will talk to those covering the fashion industry, including Megan McDowell from Vogue Business, and we will explore how direct-to-avatar is slowly becoming the next direct-to-consumer. So lace up your virtual sneakers and put on your virtual couture. We're about to head into the world of fashion in the metaverse. Get ready for our next episode. We're about to augment the runway. The Metaverse Marketing Podcast was brought to you by Adweek. It's hosted by me, Kathy Hackle, and edited by Divergent Productions. Amanda Costco is our executive producer, and Al Manorino is Adweek's production director. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, you already know how to get your podcast. So please subscribe to this one. If you're on Adweek's website, consider subscribing to the podcast by searching Metaverse Marketing in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next week for episode seven of eight as we continue down the Metaverse rabbit hole and explore the future. You're listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast, hosted by Kathy Hackle. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the Metaverse.
Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 